We've been speaking over the last few weeks just about being satisfied in God and how we can become satisfied in God. And we looked at four words last week of the characteristics of being satisfied in God, but also there's a dual aspect to those characteristics. It helps us to become satisfied in God. And how when we are satisfied in God, other things take on a position of helpfulness within our lives where our work helps us instead of hurting us because our work can be a wonderful servant to us. But when our jobs become a master to us, we are enslaved to it. So when we are satisfied within God, that order changes where our work doesn't enslave us. But our jobs become a servant to us because Jesus is on the throne of our lives and not our jobs or not our adventure sports or whatever you would want to put into that place. And so we were looking at being satisfied within God. And, and briefly this morning, I would like us to look at this subject matter, the life cycle of Christ-centered satisfaction. You see, within life, there are life cycles, and there are natural life cycles that we do go through. Um, Jenny and I, we had gone for a nice long drive, and we went to Lucerne, and we walked through the city of Lucerne yesterday, and um, it's such a beautiful city. And as we were walking through it, we just loved it because we just walked through all different streets and the beautiful cities, and they weren't as busy as they normally are. And after that, we drove home, and as we got home, uh, we, we were going up to our apartment, and just outside of one of the floors, we heard a mother with their child crying and screaming and and it was more than crying, crying, it was screaming. And I looked at Jen and I said, it is so nice to be in this next life cycle of our lives. And we smiled together and Jen's comment was, she says, but wait until the grandchildren come. You see, we, we have life cycles that we go through. And I remember when our children were born, and I must say, as a father, I was privileged when they were younger to spend time with them because we made it our priority. We wanted to have Jesus on the throne of our lives and that means that Jesus dictated how we lived our lives. Not our work, not our friends, not anything else but Jesus. Did we always get it right? Of course not. But certainly that is a value that we worked on and that was a, a, a cycle of our lives that was very important to us. I remember I had the privilege when my children came home from school and um, when they were finished with their sport, we lived, oh, maybe five, uh, maybe a half a kilometer, I think, from the beach and we could actually walk there and I would take my two sons, Ryan and Chris, we would have a bat and a ball in the hand and we would go and play oftentimes just on the beach. You know, and, and that was a life cycle in which we could actually do those things. That was the life cycle we were in, and so there were many different life cycles that we went through. And it is very similar with our Christian walk. 
our children were young, then they got a little bit older and we had to change our lives. And then when they were out of the house, which they are now, our lives have also changed and we're embracing ourselves for the next life cycle. Life has everything to do with life cycles and it's very similar with the Christian walk. When we talk about being satisfied in God, it's also like a life cycle. There are times within my own personal walk with God where at times I was less satisfied in God and sometimes with God because of what happens or happened in my life. It's true. And you walk through those life cycles and you've got to wrestle through them to taste the sweetness of your relationship with God. And and I'm sure you can relate to me like that because there are some of you who would be sitting and listening to me and saying, but I'm wrestling with God a little bit at the moment. There's circumstances within my life that I haven't chosen and yet it is here and I have to deal with it. And God, if you are sovereign, why are these things happen to me? And you are less satisfied in God. I've got some good news for you. Our relationship with God is a journey. It is almost like a recording that takes place from beginning to end. And sometimes we're in the beginning of the recording. Sometimes we're halfway through. Sometimes we're three quarters through. And during that time, we start to understand God better. We get to know ourselves better. We get to know our faith better. And we grow in satisfaction with God. But there are many life cycles in our walk with Christ. And we've got to make sure that we manage these many life cycles well within our lives. Like, for instance, when Ryan and Chris were still young, I had the opportunity to take them to the beach with a ball and a bat and do things that they enjoyed doing. The mistake fathers oftentimes make is that they want their children to enjoy the things that they enjoy. No, the mini life cycle lesson that I learned was to find out what our children enjoyed and then to spend that time with them. And in that mini life cycle, I learned what my boys enjoyed and we formed a relationship that was very, very helpful. That was a mini life cycle. But those mini life cycles within our lives, my friends, it is important that we get it wrong. If we're at a place where we are not satisfied in God, use this time to get to know yourself better and to get to know God a little bit better. You say, well, what does that have to do with communion? Well, it's an amazing thing because communion speaks to us about a very important event that is relevant in every cycle of our lives. I don't want to call it a mini event because it's a massive event, but this event will be relevant in whatever life cycle you are in, whether you are a young believer in Christ, whether you are a young adult within your relationship with Christ, or whether you are a mature adult within your relationship with Christ. 
this event is so important and we call it, some churches call it an ordinance. I call it a event as often as we get together. And the Bible calls that Jesus, whenever you get together, do this. And, 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 and so we want to do it today. And I call that um, the breaking of bread time. And you will see three things within this time of, of, of breaking bread together that is so relevant in every life cycle of becoming satisfied in God. The Psalm 90 tells us when Moses said, when I wake up in the morning, help me to be satisfied with you. And so I'm gonna read this passage of scripture again. And I want you to look for three concepts that I'm gonna bring to us that's gonna help us in whatever season you are in to become satisfied in God. And so let's read again from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Verse 23 says, for I received from the Lord, what I also passed on to you, the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then he says again, in the same way after supper, verse 25, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. The first word that I want you to focus on in this life cycle of Christ-centered satisfaction is the word. Remember, remember. For me personally as a dad, with both of my sons out of the home now, Chris is in Barcelona, he's 23, Ryan is in New Zealand, he's 25. I go back and I remember certain things about my children. So for instance, Ryan um, had a cricket match on Friday evening, and of course in New Zealand, it's a 10 hour difference. And I just, and they were streaming that match and I just said to Jen, I'm gonna watch the match. And so that was like 11 o'clock at night. And I sat down, sent Ryan a message and I was able to see my son on the live stream and they were playing a cricket match. And it took me back and I just remembered the different stages of Ryan's growth. But it caused me to remember and remembering can be such a positive thing. Now, it's very interesting within this passage of Scripture, verses 24 and 25 of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, it says, and when he had given thanks, he broke and said, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. For us to be truly satisfied in God during this stage of your life cycle. My friends, we've got to remember something. We've got to do some remembering. And when we break bread together, the Bible tells us what we need to remember. He says here, 
And when he had given thanks, he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In every cycle that we are in within our lives, it is good for us as often as possible to go back to the cross where I'm standing at now. It's very, very important to remember the cross, to look back. My friends, I don't believe in looking back too often. I'm more concerned about the future than the past. I'm more concerned about what I can get right than the regrets of my past. But if we are to look back, my friends, we need to look back at the cross because an event happened in history that will secure us in every season of our lives, whether we are fully satisfied with God at that time or not. When you look back at the cross and you remember why Jesus went to the cross and what Jesus did upon the cross and the result of this incredible event, it will cause you to open up your heart and the Holy Spirit will minister to you and God will never be more nearer to you than when you remember what happened on the cross of Calvary. First, Second Timothy chapter two, verses eight to 14 says this. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel for which I am suffering, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word is not chained. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. If we died with him, we'll also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will disown us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. My friends, I want to encourage us to remember Jesus in every cycle of our lives. But not only remember Jesus, remember what he's done for you on the cross and remember why he had done what he did for you on the cross. Where you start to remember Jesus, his death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension, and remember that the Bible said to us that he's coming again. What will happen within our hearts is that it will open up and flow out of it a deep sense of thankfulness. My friends, the first point, the first word that is crucially for us to remember this morning as we break bread together is the word remember. And when you remember, we will be thankful. A life that looks back at the cross will always be a thankful life. There will be thankfulness just flowing from us. And when we are thankful, there's a deep sense of satisfaction that is there. Thankfulness results 
out of a life that is truly satisfied within God. So remember to remember. G. Campbell Morgan says, for a people to boast in the glory of the past and to deny the secret that made the past is to perish. That's very, very powerful, this quote from G. Campbell Morgan. For a people to boast in the glory of the past and to deny the secret that made the past is to perish. My friends, choose to look back, but choose to look back at those things that will result in thankfulness within your life. Don't look back at the regrets. Jesus dealt with that on the cross. Don't look back at your sinfulness. If you do, look back at it with the sense that you've been redeemed from it, that you've been forgiven from it, and that he has created within you a brand new identity. He says that he has separated your sins as far as the east is from the west. Don't go back there, but go back to Jesus. Who? has given you a new life. The second word that I would like us to look at is this word, repent. You've heard it a number of times over the last few weeks. And we see that 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 27 to 32 says this. So then whenever you eat the bread or whoever drinks the cup of the Lord, in an unworthily manner, will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. That is why many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep. But if we are more discerning with regards to ourselves, we would not come under such judgment. Nevertheless, when we are judged in this way by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be finally condemned with the world. The word repent. And oftentimes we look at this word repent and we look at it and we don't like the sound of that word because it means that we've actually done something wrong. But my friends, repentance for the Christian is actually a very positive thing. Because John says in John um, 1 8, uh, in, in John, um, uh, 1 John chapter 1, around verse 8, he says that if we say that there is, there is no sin within us, we deceive ourselves. And even for us as Christians, my friends, we sin. We know we sin against one another. And the Bible says that. Um, when we do that in 1 John chapter uh, 1 verse, verse 9, he says, we have an advocate with the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, who washes us clean from all sin. And so we know that for the Christian, the word repent is not a bad word. It is actually a very necessary word. And we see here that when we break bread together, Paul says to the church at Corinth, he says, church, I want you to examine yourself. See where you stand in regards today to your faith with the Lord Jesus 
and where you stand with one another and in regards to yourself. He says we need to examine ourselves. And I would like us to do that this morning, is that we examine ourselves. You see, the life cycle of a Christian is that we remember what Jesus had done for us and it brings such security to us and confidence within our faith. But then we do know that within our life cycle there are times when we struggle in our faith, there are times when we struggle with other people, there are times when we just sin. And it's a good thing to come before our God and present our sin before him and we need to repent of that sin. Now, my my friends, Acts chapter 3, verse 19 says this. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. For us to be truly satisfied in God, that's an aspect of our lives that we need to deal with well. There are times when I sin, and it's amazing, it doesn't take me long to confess that sin. When the Holy Spirit comes and he brings that sin before me, right there and then, if it's between God and I, it's a very easy thing for me to go to God and just to say, God, forgive me for what I've thought, forgive me for what I've done. Why is it a positive word, my friends? Because the Bible says, even as we break bread together today, that God is amongst us. You see, when we remember when we break bread together, his death, we also need to remember while we break bread together that God is right in the very center of us, in the midst of us. And if he is there and we need to examine ourselves, we know that he sees our heart. And when there is stuff within our heart that we need to give to him in repentance, it's a very easy thing because he loves us. And it's because Jesus had already paid the price And as a result, we just become clean, but we also become free of that sin within our lives. And the Bible says that is when refreshing comes from the Lord, when we repent. And my friends, when we repent, there is a restoration that takes place within our lives. God restores us from the inside outwards. No wonder the book of Acts says, that times of refreshing will come within our lives when we repent because God restores us. My friends, we need to repent from attitudes that we have with one another. Repent and God will restore you, but he'll also restore the relationship. My friends, it is an amazing thing when we understand that within our Christian lives, to be truly satisfied within God, there is the life cycle of remembering, repenting. It keeps us humble to to know that even as saints within God, we do sin, but it keeps us humble. There's a spirit of meekness within us so that when a brother or a sister sins, We don't stand in condemnation over them, but we actually come and we show compassion to them and we actually embrace them and we point them towards Jesus so that they too may overcome their sin. 
You see, my, my friends, I think sometimes as Christians we can become very arrogant within our faith when we forget to remember the cross and when we forget that we do still sin sometimes. Yes, sin needs to be like an accident. Shouldn't be like every single moment. No, we should overcome those sins. But we do sin. And as a result, God restores us. You see, there is a sorrow that bring, brings condemnation. And then there is a sorrow that brings repentance. We want that type of repentance. That brings. We want that type of sorrow that brings repentance, not condemnation. And my friends, um, the Bible says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so today, if you have been in a process of sinning, if there is a sin within your life that is continuing to occur, and as the Holy Spirit reminds you of it this morning, examine yourself and repent of that sin. And even this morning, God will bring freedom and he will restore you. And then lastly, not only do we need to remember, not only do we need to repent. Remember, we've got to remember and be thankful. Remember, we've got to repent and be restored. And God will do that. And then thirdly, what happens when we've repented? There will be a joy that comes from our lives. And so when we repent, we should rejoice. When we break bread together, there's a time of absolute rejoicing. Why? Because we've repented in the presence of Jesus who loves us. And out of that, there is a restoration that takes place. And God comes and he fills us with his Holy Spirit in moments like that. And there is a joy that is released. And it's wonderful in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 25 and 26, it says this, in the same way after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. New covenant. There's a lot of joy in it because it's a covenant with better promises. He says, this is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We rejoice in Jesus coming again. Breaking of bread doesn't only point us back to the past. It doesn't only point us inward to ourselves when we need to repent sometimes, but it also points us towards the future. Jesus coming again. And my friends, when we are restored and there is thankfulness within our hearts, there is a joy that flows from it. And Peter expresses it this way. He says, though we have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. My friends, over this lockdown period and the virus that we're going through, the world needs a church that is rejoicing. And I hope you are saying amen at home. And I'm hearing it from the people who are here helping me, amen. The world needs a church who's rejoicing. How do we rejoice? We rejoice when we break bread together. We recognize Christ 
that he died for us. We recognize that he restores us when we repent. We recognize that we brought us into a new covenant with better promises, but also that he's coming back for us. There is a joy that is released, inexpressible, and it is glorious. I'm going to pray for us now as we break bread together. And I'm going to believe God for a joy that's going to fill your heart, fill your home, fill your marriage, fill your relationship with your kids. If you're single, that God would fill you with such joy that the world will ask you why you can rejoice over this time. My friends, the, church do, uh, the world does not need a divided church. They need a unified church. The world does not leave, need a joyless church. They need a joyful church. And as we break bread together, let him come and restore you. My friends, the life cycle of true satisfaction takes on the nature of us remembering. It takes on the nature of us repenting. And it takes on the nature of us rejoicing because we have a living hope within Christ.